Laurel, Gary and Mark. Classic Hits 4KQ. One of the biggest ever singles released in this country. In fact, it was the biggest selling song of the 1960s and retained that title until 1979 when Up There Kazali knocked it off his perch. (laughs) It had a good run, but there's always been a sense of mystery about who this song was about. Well, we have tracked down (gasps) one of the people involved in Sadie, the cleaning lady, Mr. Sean Casey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sean, good morning. Uh, Listen, everyone in Australia knows Sadie, the cleaning lady, John Farnham, of course, and he still sings it when he sings live, but he makes a bit of a, a mockery of it. He sort of plays it up. Yes, I've seen some of those on YouTube. I'm grateful to him for uh, the royalties we still receive. They're not quite as uh, large as they used to be, but it still works. Now, Sean, I want to clear this up for those eagle-eyed listeners who are holding on to their copy of Sadie the Cleaning Lady, the 45, and they look down and they see, written by Gilmore, Madara and White, and they're saying, hang on, 4KQ team, there's no Sean Casey mentioned here. Okay, Sean Casey is one of those fake radio names. I was on the air for quite a few years, a couple of decades, several decades, actually. I was in Philadelphia at the time, and uh, when I was uh, recruited to go to New York City, they said, "Ah, Raymond Gilmore, Ah, that doesn't sound like too much of a showbiz name. And after all, this is New York City, so we have to do something about that. And they had a little contest in the office, and one of the girls there said, you know, I'm into Sean O'Casey, the poet and seer. And I said, well, and they said, wait a minute, we'll just drop the O and we'll call you Sean Casey. I said, hey, as long as the check's clear, I'm good for that, so let's do it. <laughs> so with Sadie the Cleaning Lady, were you, you were actually on air and then you were doing a bit of songwriting on the side, or was it done like a bit of a parody? Exactly. I don't know if you're familiar with the Bill Building in New York City. That's a mecca for songwriters like Carol King and mm-hmm. Burt Bacharach, Hal David. And then in Philadelphia, there's also a building called the Schubert Building, and that's filled with writers and producers. Like the legendary uh, Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff, the they couple of guys defined an entire category of black popular music at the time. Like TSOP, The Sound of Philadelphia, they had Teddy Pendergrass, Lou Rawls, OJs, Jacksons, Billy Paul, Me and Mrs. Jones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Also was John Madeira and Dave White. And those are a couple of guys who did uh, At the Hop, Rock and Roll is Here to Stay, Len Barry, One, Two, Three, and of course the Grammy Hall of Famer, uh, Leslie Gore. With You Don't Own Me, they've sold over 200 million uh, records uh, worldwide in their career. And also, while we were together there, we formed a group called The Spokesman. I was on the air at WIBG in Philadelphia. I heard this eve of uh, destruction by Barry McGuire, and I thought, boy, that's so dark. And I had the idea to go positive, and I turned around and wrote The Dawn of Correction, which uh, wound up on the, the Billboard charts. And we got uh, a record deal with uh, Decca for that. The Schubert Building is an older theater building, and they have an elevator there. They still had a human being taking you up and down and operating this uh, elevator. And one day I was chatting with a guy on my way up to the office, and I found out his name was Sam. And at the same time, at the end of every day, the offices would be cleaned by some organization. But anyway, the individual that they hired to clean our particular office, I started chatting with her one day, and I found out her name was Sadie. Sadie the cleaning lady. Hmm. 
And I just got this idea, and I just wrote it out. Sadie, the cleaning lady, and Sam, the elevator man, were going to have themselves a little affair. And that's where that all got born. I presented it to John and Dave, and the three of us sat down and finished it off and actually sent it off to uh, Herman's Hermits. You know, they were doing the novelty songs at the time, you know, Mrs. Brown and Henry VIII, et cetera. But apparently they didn't want to continue with novelty. They wanted to make a change. So they were so impressed, though, with the song, with the demo, that they took it to Australia and... The story that we got, they found uh, some kid, a plumber's helper sitting on a stoop somewhere, and they dragged him into a recording studio, and uh, the rest is history. So we're talking 1967, 68. There is no internet, of course. You're over there in America. How did you find out about how big it was in Australia? Well, we got royalties, and, and we were told, basically, from the record company. That's where we got the information about how big it was and how popular. And we were told at the time, hey, this is even bigger than the Beatles. I said, yeah, oh, sure. For years, have been trying to contact Johnny Farnham just to say thank you. But no way have I been able to contact him, no matter what I've done. Did Sadie and Sam ever find out that they were in this song? I'm not really sure because it's it's been such a uh, such a long time, and uh, I I really don't know to tell you the truth. And then uh, I guess we had uh, Hector, the uh, trash collector, uh, try to move in on Sam at one point. Somebody recorded that, did a parody in New Zealand, I think. Well, thank you for solving the mystery of one of the biggest selling songs in Australian music history, Sadie, the cleaning lady. Sean Casey, it has been an absolute, or should I say... Raymond Gilmore. Either one, (laughs) thanks for joining us. Thank you, Laurel, Gary and Mark and 4KQ. We should play the song. Ah. Here it is. Fashion Boy on 4KQ. Sadie, the cleaning lady. Laurel, Gary and Mark. Classic Hits 4KQ.